What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Amanda Ashworth, welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank oh, you for thank agreeing you to for come having on. me. Oh, such an honor. You're so welcome. Well, it's, it's such an honor that you stepped into the space as well because it's, you know, we get talking, don't we? And straight to it, always. So what led you into healing? What created that journey into that space? So it was very unintentional. So <laughs> I, I've always liked to be a bit different. And Mm -hmm. so about eight years ago, I decided to start homeschooling and homeschooling allowed me to then start traveling. And I remember about five years ago being on a beach in India and just Mm. feeling, I I don't think I realized how my faith had been lost in people and how much Mm. that trip had healed me in terms of restoring my faith but also how that was the first time I think in my life I'd been truly contented and at peace with myself. Um, And that led me to... It's a magical country, isn't it? So magical. something in the air. It's just, yeah. Definitely, like Goa is my happy place. And basically what I realised is I had been on a lifelong journey of just abuse with myself that Mm. had kind of started in childhood and then I'd continued it um nobody else had it was my own relationship with myself um and yeah and at that point I had one daughter I've now got two Mm. of Mm -hmm. just going I never want them to have this relationship with themselves that I have with myself and then from there we then went to had another baby COVID hit Mm. and I was like do you know what I'm Gonna, I just realized that to be the best version of myself, I kept stopping myself and this self-sabotage mm-hmm. and this imposter syndrome and everything kept on yeah. coming in. And so it seemed like... So how were you doing that? How were you stopping yourself? Give us an so, example. So I, I had... everywhere. Yeah. So I had quite a few limiting beliefs. And at that point, mm-hmm. I didn't even really know what limiting beliefs were and how, mm-hmm. how much they stemmed. and how deep they stemmed and how anytime I wanted to move forward with something I would find a reason not to and I would talk myself out of it and Mm. I just didn't even if things were going really really well for me I don't think I truly believed I deserved it Um, and it was just like I want to do this work and let's just see where it went and mm. I, I started with a coach and quite quickly I realized that she was, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was like, she's not what I'm looking for. Um, and so I moved on to another. And as I've kind of moved through coaches and moved on through my journey, mm. I've ended up finding people that even if I haven't necessarily been ready for what they're going to say, it like six months, a year down the line, something clicks. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. now I get it. And that's just part of going on my journey. It is amazing. I have to congratulate you for changing. Sometimes people start with a professional and they think, well, I have to stay with that person. They feel this weird level of commitment. And actually, if you don't connect with the person, if they're not right for you, you've done exactly the right thing. You go and move on and try something else. But I also don't. I'm just really proud of you for doing that because it's amazing how often people stay. It's like, why? It's not working for you. Try someone else. 
But I also think if you're truly evolving, that person mm. isn't going to suit you further down. Mm. So, so mm. like even with my clients now, if they're still with me in 12 months time, I'm doing something wrong because they should be at a different place and their yeah. journey should be at a different place. That yeah. what they'll need at that point is different from what they're going to need now. Um, mm. And I just think you're ever evolving. Um, yeah. And then you, I think you kind of need, you know what you need at that point then going forward. Yeah. So did you, when did you first identify these limiting beliefs or how did someone explain it to you in such I, a way I knew, that you went, ah. I knew that I had them and I think that, so up until that point, um, mm. I had, what was it? Um, I had a period of where I had some IVF um, and then I had a miscarriage. And IVF is a massive roller coaster. Um, yeah. And, you know, so although it had been successful, it got to the end and I had a miscarriage and it really hit me. And so I needed some counseling mm. after that because I was just yeah. like, okay, I just, I'm just not okay. Um, I mean, it's and brutal, it, isn't it? I mean, oh, so, on top of the loss, you've got the hormone. It's yeah. just, it's brutal. Yeah. And that's at the, that point that I probably realized that I didn't manage my mental health very well. So I mm-hmm. would go on these circles of... Mm-hmm. I'm just like now I'm all about managing it. Um, and so I would overwhelm myself. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't, I don't think I'd taken the time to ever really identify what made me happy. So yeah. I used to do things that I thought would make me happy. And then I'd be like, but this isn't what really yeah, it's to... meant to make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how society, you almost tick a box, yeah. you tick this checklist yeah. and you get to the end of this checklist and you're like, no, none mm. of this is fulfilling me. Um, because it course, wasn't necessarily what you wanted in the first place. Yeah. It was what society was telling you you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, actually, so yeah, what fills my cup? What, so, you know, so mm. making sure so that now I know when my nervous system's heightened. I know when mm. I need more rest. I know when I, I have a tendency to overwhelm myself. So when not mm. to overwhelm myself. Yeah. And, and you yeah, learned just, this with the counsellor that you first went to? Or? Um, no, the counsellor gave me techniques to just how, how to manage the grief and just that it was okay. And, and just to, you know, the process yeah, and so. helping me manage the emotional side of it. But the coach that I was with um, really made me sit down and like, firstly, look at the evidence between behind my limiting beliefs and really challenge them. Yeah. So now I can almost see them in my mind coming. And they always, they, it doesn't matter how much work you do, they're always going to creep back in. And so I kind of envisage it almost like a tennis like bat that I just bat yeah. them away. That they've got no space yeah. there, but I can recognize them, I acknowledge them, and then they're gone. Um, yeah. But they still, they Michelle still taught up. me the um, evidence to the contrary. Yeah. So like I ask you to be on stage and the inner voice pops up and goes, oh my gosh, you can't do that. And it's like, well, isn't that interesting? What about the time that I spoke on stage here, here, here and here? And then it goes, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. one I love too, when, they, when it went that away. Yeah. And, so, and this is the yeah. thing you will always, and it's having that insight to actually go back and go, actually, when did that first mm. happen? Um, and most people, yeah. so generally your limiting beliefs form between the ages of five and seven. So most of the time you won't even remember like what that first thing was. Yeah. Um, But they have such a big impact on on what you can. I'm going to I'm going to challenge your limiting belief though that they'll always be there. They do really really reduce to something that's so. Do you know what I think they get to (laughs) such a 
the noise so the only time mm. I really hear a lot of noise is when I'm working <laughs> is when I'm working out that is the oh, only yeah. Um, you so, can't lose that it's too heavy <laughs> yeah and that's the only time that I would say that it impacts me now but I think that's why a lot of people yeah. are quite scared to be alone with their thoughts because <sighs> the narrative and what they, the stories they tell themselves and your head can mm. be a pretty scary place mm-hmm. if you and particularly if we've had we've both had these traumatic childhoods yeah. so you really like you said you're replaying the stuff that was said to you, I, I didn't realize it was that five to seven. That's really interesting. You're replaying it and you're yeah. replaying it until you learn to actually hear it so you can stop it. But also so, knowing, again, once you've done the work, you know that your um, mind has a negative bias. So you're always mm-hmm. going to look for evidence to support that narrative yes. that you're telling yourself. And yeah. so something can be, and this is where, like by doing the healing journey, you learn mm. so much, but then it gives you so many tools to go forward. Yeah. I, I wrote about that at the end of my memoir um, because it was like something had come up. Oh, I don't know. HMRC envelope probably. Um, <laughs> they always seem to have an impact on me. Yeah. And how I was able to pull in. I can't remember what I wrote. It's really funny. Or it was applying for actually for my visa in India, which also really weirdly got me all shaky and I've applied for thousands of them it was really strange but anyway it was like pulling in like you're saying that toolkit it's so wonderful isn't it when you can just go I'm gonna use that and a bit of that and and then you just calm so did you find it scary to be quiet initially or do you think you just did it by default so so my third coach actually and she used to be um a PT so I'd, I'd done some boot camps with her and she's very into um, feminine and masculine energy. So I yeah. very much verge on my masculine. So yeah. I'm always doing, Warrior. doing, doing. And mm-hmm. then I really struggle. Like I used to struggle mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. to be. be. And so I would always distract myself by so, so much. And I used to be like, but this makes me happy. And this is what I do. And this is. Mm, sure. And, and, it, and then to some extent it actually did. And that is mm. definitely where I'm in my element. But yeah. I would always know when there was a huge like imbalance between my feminine and masculine. Mm. And so recognizing that and making sure that I'm nurturing the feminine. And actually yeah. in the last, probably the last 12 months, I've really come into it of making mm. sure that, you know, that I'm very much about just being and like, so now I do, I honor my cycles and mm. just taking this level of self-care, whereas self-care yeah. used to always be the first thing that went out when I got busy. Now I'm like, no, because I know the consequence of letting that yeah. go. It's important. So important. It's really important. The rest is so important. And that like, and I think that when I get a bit frustrated is that self-care doesn't mean a bubble bath. No. <laughs> like it's proper. <laughs> Sometimes I get a bit frustrated. Like if I see one more sign that shows self-care is a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled to balance mine as well, uh, to get from that very masculine warrior energy to balance. But it was so lovely when I did that as well. It's so is- I've written about that though. I think I've missed that out. Oops. Good job we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so nice to actually kind of stop but also, mm. so then I went on one extreme when I went on my journey of almost yeah. like self-development was a project for me. 
and that mm-hmm. was all I was consuming. So I deliberately, the beginning of this year, set myself the task of at the beginning of the summer of like not listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, not listening to videos, not listening to anything, and just yeah. like learning to listen to me. Um, and... How did it go? How was the first week that you did that? We were like, <gasps> because I also think societally we're pressured. Yeah. Like, not to, I mean, isn't there, there was definitely a trend on TikTok about like quiet walking or something. Bless yeah. Kids that don't understand how to just walk without having something plugged in their ears. My, my 15 year old definitely so, does. And it doesn't matter where we are. He's got a headphone in his ear. Like, you're just like, what are you doing? But I'm always used to doing five things at once. Right. And learning. So what was it like when you went? Just learning not week. to judge myself and learning what's going to come out and just learning to yeah. just listen and because I think especially, um, so my coaching business was quite new and it was like, you have mm-hmm. so much information Exciting. going, well, you should be doing it this way and you should be doing it that way. And I'm like, actually, do you know what? You? I should be taking my time to work out yeah. how I want to do it and not be influenced. Mm-hmm. And that's going to feel right. And yeah. yeah. And it's just learning because most of us. That word should. Should. Oh, yeah. I was picking up somebody on that earlier today. Should, should you? You should. Yeah. That's a very heavy word. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's that, and also learning to know what's ego and what's intuition. Mm. And that's a really fine of just going, okay. Yeah. Um, the key, and the key so has that again, happened in the last six months as you've yeah, deliberately? Massive, yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, and then just putting myself in situations that are going to challenge me or take me out of my comfort zone, but being aware of it. And also I think mm. now I come from everywhere – that I don't judge myself ever. I'm mm-hmm. always come from a place of kindness. And yeah. so I'm just now a massive believer of where, if you'd asked me on my journey three years ago, I would have said everything was external that needed happening. And now all the changes <laughs> are all internal. And it's like, you know, and they're going to just continue. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is totally internal. Now, as we're on the judgment word, we had a really interesting conversation before we hit the record yeah. button about coaches and therapists and actually you had a judgy therapist so I did yeah so can when you explain I was... the difference between the two because I I actually think I though Michelle has a bucket ton of tools I think she's much more on the coaching side so I'm not sure I've had traditional therapy at any point okay so, so curious your experience so when I was doing my my valley training last year my mentor yeah. um talked about that everybody needed a coach and a therapist so I at that okay. point was up until then I was like oh I don't think I need one but I was like do you know what I don't have anything to lose let let's go through this journey let's and let's just see yeah. and let's see the difference mm-hmm. um and I picked a lady who um she it was interesting because culturally we were very different um mm-hmm. but I was finding it like hard when clients were crying mm-hmm. that I felt that honored that they could cry in front of me, but I realized that I wasn't necessarily as good as being as vulnerable as I was asking, wanting them to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I picked um, this therapist and the difference between therapy and coaching is therapy looks mm-hmm. back, coaching looks yep. forward. So yep. you might briefly coaching touch on somebody's past, but mm it's more about taking action than kind of right. discussing the past a lot so you might case, need to Michelle like go back just to yeah to go back yeah. um but basically this this therapist what she actually the one of the lessons I learned from her was because she was quite judgy mm. 
it allowed me to work through the process of when somebody when I'm feeling judged of not to get my back up and yeah and that was an interesting one (laughs) I know and you think why is she judging you you're meant to be able to be vulnerable and say like I feel this or I'm experiencing this and not be judged but then I think um, you would be surprised so me and my partner when we were going through IVF actually we saw a relationship Mm. counsellor and this relationship counsellor and obviously as a counsellor or a therapist you're not meant to have um an opinion an opinion or like a bias (laughs) or anything like that or bring that into your work and she was very anti-IVF and she let this be known and I was like okay she's the wrong person but so so some therapists would I'm say that sorry. what the hell <laughs> and I was just like okay this isn't you know it's not something that at the moment although we went on to have children naturally at that point mm. we felt like we were being told that we couldn't so I was like it's not a choice <laughs> um, but yeah so and, that, and, uh, I have no I have no words but this is where I was saying I just, to you, this particular therapy, she had, know, this therapist just, had a view on coaches because she didn't necessarily feel that coaches were qualified enough to do it. Yeah. But I would question anybody that brings their, their like, bias into any coaching or I therapy know. session. Because it's not about I you. Know. No. Which is why I don't do it, by the way. That's why I do mentoring instead, because then I can just give my opinion. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I think coaching is such an art, and I've had many coaches over yeah. the years, and it's such an art. I just don't have the patience for it. It takes, it takes patience, doesn't it? Yeah, well, because you're not meant. To, you're not meant to. Again, mm. you're not meant to be the problem solver, and that's that thing no. of that person has all the answers within, and they know what they yeah. want to do. And this is why I actually get really angry of coaches online that try to sell their life as their as the dream life. And I'm like, what my dream life is, is not what the next person's dream life is or the other person. So you have to really take the time to work with someone for them to find out what they want in their life. That often hits me on my money values. Yeah. Because I like, I love having a nice home and all that kind of stuff, but I don't want one of these big waterfront homes with, you know, yachts and rara. Oh, you know what I mean? I'm I'm exaggerating, but it's like, I don't want that lifestyle. Who's going to clean it for starters? <laughs> no, not for me. Now, I did see, though, amongst your notes, you, you went on a shamanic journey as well, didn't you? I did. Did, so, where did that fit in your process? So I went to Bali yourself? in the summer, which was kind yeah. of like... Just like, gone. The summer just gone, yeah. So yes, whole kind of eat, pray, love that mm-hmm. as like probably the last 12 to 18 months, like my, mm-hmm. as I've explored feminine and masculine, I've gone very much into like energy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very much about almost setting myself personal challenges. So last this year I turned 40. And so I had a friend oh, come possible. out. <laughs> I I had a friend come out to Dubai in January, um, who was yeah. very much living her she left her husband. Actually, home. I wrote that on your Facebook. <laughs> I think I was in disbelief <laughs> as well. I always picture that you're because we've known yeah. each other a while, haven't we? So it's like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, no. That means 40. I'm this age. No, no. Anyway, sorry. Um, so you were yeah, so she came out and she, you know, her husband's at home, so she left her, lived her best single life here for a few weeks. But yep. I was just like, I'm not 20 anymore. And so I was like, do you know what? I'm going to give up alcohol until my birthday. So it was like five mm-hmm. months of no alcohol. And yep. that really changed. It changed my relationships. It changed, like, <clears throat> like my hobbies, everything. 
Um, because and I was like, just sleep and my sleep and you know so much but again that was another situation where people judge you and you have to explain yourself and Mm -hmm. it's just like okay I don't know if it's forever and it wasn't forever but it did change my relationship but I was like yeah I'm very much like I don't want to put a label on the something like yeah it's like I I there's a lot of people go I'm they're sober or, yeah. or that you know, and I just don't drink. Occasionally, I will have a glass of bubbles, right? Occasionally, and usually, I'm like halfway through it, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," because <laughs> it's gone straight to my head. <laughs> because I just and I I stopped in 2020. I stopped as we came into 2020, okay. which is a lot. A lot of people have been spiritually awakening since the pandemic, yeah. and and that's hence the stopping drinking. But you're absolutely right. This this whole like, well, have what's it's almost like what's wrong with you? Have a drink, and it's like, but I don't. I don't want to. I feel now when I have one, I feel awful. It's, yeah. It, I feel so sick the next day because it's just, it's poison and it's like I don't need it. I don't want it. I'm not interested. Well, but no, I, I hear what you're saying. The, the it's the only drug in the world that you actually have to defend not taking. That it's like, <laughs> well, um, so like I love that there's now this kind of curious sobri- um, sobriety movement and the yeah. people are considering what life would be without it but moving Mm. to Dubai last summer everything is unlimited so the amount my alcohol kind of intake actually increased when we moved here and I was like do you know what okay I I need I need a break and so then I could feel very much I I was more aligned with um, energy and my vibrations Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. wanting to live like a really high vibe life and you know no drama no you know and so when I went to Bali this summer, I was like, I'd always wanted to see a shaman. And I was like, but yeah. I, I think I was quite scared of what would be said. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was incredible. And yeah. the, like the stuff that she knew and the stuff that she, you know, mm. and I think I needed to hear it as well. Um, and mm. so what I have learned is by trusting my intuition and yeah. listening to myself, everything like even if hard stuff happens in my life I'm like this is happening for a reason there's a lesson that I need to learn um but I just live my life very much like the universe has my back and I I know Mm. it has my back and yeah and that's just like gives me this like kind of confidence and just going you know it the journey is going to go where it needs to go yeah. Um, and I and- think that you've almost glossed over the, the really important part in there that you've realized is like, you know, when we do attract something in that's a bit negative, you know, and a bit frustrating or whatever it is, or even if it's a complete total fucking nightmare. Oops. I don't think I've sworn on this podcast before. Um, it you're, You've stopped and gone, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, what's that about? What's the lesson? And yeah. you kind of thank the, le- thank the universe for the lesson. Usually say, please don't send me another one. I got it. Thanks. <laughs> but but that, what I, I think I th- learning to do that is really, really important. And I think a lot of people don't get that the universe will keep sending it until you get it. Oh, and yeah. So if abs- you're not getting yeah. them, if you're not taking that time to sit and go, well, this is interesting. What, yeah, but also if you don't do the work, mm. so if you don't believe that you're worthy of mm. something, you're not going to get it. And like I, yeah. I've spoken a lot on my podcast about this, about gratitude. Mm. And so yeah. at dinner with my children, we all have to go around the table and say three things we're grateful for from that day. Yeah, and, that's lovely. But the amount of people that we've had come to dinner that can't think of three things. 
I and woke I'm, up in a really comfortable bed with a beautiful warm duvet over me with a dog waking me up. Uh, that's, there's three before I've even started my yeah. day. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like appreciate I've got food in the fridge. I've got, I've got electricity. I've got a flushing loo. I like, yeah. I, but if you can't appreciate gosh. what you have. Wow. That's you can't really expect the universe to send you more. No. Um, and no. that's, and that's my view on it. And so that's where I've mm. like, it's really led me to spiritually kind of yeah. go. And I, I know we were talking before the podcast and I, um, I was kind mm. of touching on my childhood mm. and that, you know, a lot of my limiting beliefs came from, uh, you know, I had my, my mum was just very, very, very troubled and, mm. you know, she, she led a very difficult life and, yeah. Um, and, and the result of that was she spent all of her life seeking for something that she had there, but she just couldn't recognize it was there. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, so in the end, she actually committed suicide when I was 21. Mm. And going through that and it just really makes you appreciate life. And but I, nothing could have actually changed the course of mm. her life. It was work she needed to have done. Yeah, but and she wasn't didn't have, to yeah, it. didn't have the tools or didn't have the, um, and so like now I just feel but really it's, blessed. It's, it takes a bit of, is it gumption? It takes a bit, doesn't it, to do the work? I mean, once you start, you realize it's a hell of a lot easier than you think it is. But just to get to that point of going, I don't feel great. I'm going to bring a coach. I'm going to bring a therapist. I'm going to, that can be really scary for people. A lot of the reason I've written the memoir is because my own sister won't do the work. She's terrified of healing. But of you can't, and healing. this is, but this and is the thing, it's somebody help, else's journey, so, you know. But I've written it thinking if I write out my experience and what I went through, and hence, of course, I've got this podcast, you know, people coming on and talking about the things that they've done and how they feel, it's like demystifying it yeah. so that, therefore, someone might just hear it and go, do you know what, I'm going to make that call. I am going to take that step. You're right. You, know like what's quite you, can, interesting you can lead a ho- you can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. So it's like your your mum, my mum. Then they are never going to do the work. No, but yeah, what's but quite interesting with my sister is mm. we were different ages, so we remember my mum mm. very differently. But yeah. the pain is still with my sister, and yeah. so I wish she would do the work. But it's her journey. Yeah. But what's actually quite incredible about it is she will actually say that my development. And where I am now is down to my partner. That when I last saw her when she came to Dubai, she said, "But you're Ouch. so conf- you're so confident because of him." And I'm just like, "No, I'm so confident no. because of the work that I've done." And yeah. and you also would be if you yeah. did that work, but it's for her to do it. It's not for me. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I two childhood trauma kids. My marriage was always going to break down. But I was reliant on him for my self-esteem. And you can't. You have to create your own self-esteem. And it's like you, it's you just the worst to... thing in the world. You cannot rely. It's, it takes the self-work. It takes that healing. But, but it also takes – so I grew up in a very chaotic environment. And, like, my sister has repeated that. And I broke mm. that cycle. But it's – you know, yeah. there are still triggers and they're still, you know – so oh, I know, weird. and this is and this is where it is crazy because the work is never done. So, for example, I think I like my birthday. It comes around to my birthday, and then it triggers me every year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it doesn't matter what anyone else does; it's yeah. it's always going to be there. 
Um, so, you know, I just need to like learn to manage it and like make it go away. Um, but learning to be vulnerable as well, when you've yeah. learned to be really independent, you've learned to have your walls mm-hmm. up. You've learned really to survive. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. But learning to that in order to be in a healthy relationship, that relationship mm-hmm. needs to be a partnership and that's going to be good. Yes. bad. you know, it's not always going to feel comfortable learning to, you know, yeah. um, in my early 20s, my answer to everything was just to run away from problems. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you know, move house, Can't cut my hair, get changed, get a different job. Can't do, do that when you're you... married with two children. <laughs> no, no, not no. at all. And, you know, so... I've got very comfortable now with stability, which I don't, but again, possibly, you know, 15 years ago, I didn't feel that I deserved it. And I felt like it was everyone else had it Mm. and it wasn't ever anything that I was going to have. No, but as you found the work and you started doing the work and then realized it was possible, then there is, there is that beautiful it's funny because the vulnerability piece comes up a lot and a lot of, it usually as female survivors are, are to me like, I can't be vulnerable. It's like, but there's a strength in being vulnerable. And mm. it's it's so lovely when you just, like yeah. I notice it re- weirdly, when I often feel, sort of probably show it the most to something I don't actually think is being vulnerable, but I'll be on stage, I'll have just spoken about something and somebody in the audience will ask me something completely not related to the topic. Happens every time. And I'm like, I don't know. So I go, I don't know. Does anyone in the audience know? And that's being totally vulnerable. A lot of people would blag their way through it, you know, and and try and pretend they know. And it's like, it's never bothered me doing that. But there's that, you know, that in itself is like one example that I can think of. But it's just people actually go, oh, you were so cool the way you handled that. I'm like, well, I didn't know the answer. So I said, I didn't know the answer. Yeah, and I think it's just honesty. Honesty and, yeah, and it's actually – it's funny because people really value it. They really go, oh, God, you're so strong because you're so vulnerable. And it's but like I almost think... the opposite. When you're strong to survive, you think I can't be vulnerable. And yet people go, it's such a strength in you. It's fascinating. That's but one of the think... parts of my journey. But I also think there's still a lot of stigma to coaching and to yeah. to getting in help. And so even yeah. when I first, you know, when I um, engaged my first coach, well, three and a half years ago there were people like that didn't understand it that were like you know um it's it's almost this alternative hippie you know oh kind of you know what's she doing now kind of and I'm like and people just don't get it so like even if I've recommended like a coach and people are like "Mm," because there's so for example my partner when he is he's he's gone through coaching now and now 100% gets it and it's worth there was a sense of masculinity to it and it was like he Mm. felt at the point well there's nothing there's like and I was like I'm not saying there's anything wrong but I'm just saying you know like you've seen the development in me Mm. are you giving like are you 100% being what you want to be are you living your true self are you living yeah all of this and there's so many you hear your intuition yeah that you could you can explore but also now as a parent I also mm. feel like I owe it to my children to, to yeah. do the work because that's going to yeah. impact them. Um, so like me and my 15 year old, we have a great relationship and a very opening mm. and talking about, and I don't want him to hide things from me. And, you know, mm. I want him to be able to speak to me, but my six year old, she's particularly emotional and like she, mm. she, 
she's very highly sensitive so whether or not she's excited sad Mm. happy you know it but like helping her understand how she feels and what she needs Mm. yeah you know it's not you know you know hsp is genetic so yeah it's yeah. you or your husband. No, so <laughs> she's, she's, you know, so she's not like diagnosed, but she just is like very sensitive. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Believe me, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. It's actually one in five, one in six people. I'm one of those. So I can smell stuff, hear stuff, feel stuff that, you know, others can't heal. Yeah. Um, I know people that are very much on the taste, like everything has to be super, super strong. Um, but it's one in five, six people. It's, but then even, even with that, her that working. useful emotion. It's lovely. But working through with her, with some of actually mm. her emotions were learned emotions. Like oh, some of her meltdowns were learned because we would try to pacify it. Because in a situation where you've got people judging you and like, you know, you're just like, yeah. okay, how do I get this meltdown to go away? Stop it. But, you're melting down in the supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> but getting her to actually go, okay, actually... Um, so now she's rewarded mm-hmm. for like or recognized for calming herself down rather than me calming her down oh, I love that. she's just taken some time and she's just braved and you know then mm. and then she feels That's fine um, yeah. but like learning to like not many people like and I, I talk about this a lot that we've just got used to generally feeling quite crappy in life that you know whether or not it's the food that we eat whether or not it's the rest that we get our environment our use of social media like most of us don't know what it feels to just feel really well and happy and good and and so this is where like learning that you know when you do feel dysregulated when there's an imbalance in Mm. your hormones or Mm. you know we ignore that and and this is where illnesses come into play you know, yes. if you look at the rise of anti-inflammatory diseases, mm. if you don't do that in a work, um, yeah. have you read The Body Keeps Score? It's like yeah. one of my Well, favorites. no, I'm, uh, I've read it, didn't start with you, but yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've written about how the trauma showed in my body and yeah. how my father suppressed his anger and got heart disease. Yeah. And that's one of the signs is suppressing anger gives heart disease. And I was like, this is exactly what happened to him. It was like- yeah. Wow. And so that combination that of just going, you owe it to yourself to do, you do. to do yeah. that work because, and it's not as I say, you have to go back and because you can't, no. you can't change it and you don't have to relive mm. it and you know, you yeah, have I've had a few power. guests who haven't. Mm. Yeah, you I think have it, power. I think it depends. I think it depends. So I, I, I yeah. did in a way, but I always went forward. And you haven't needed to. And I think it just depends. I think it's almost like we've been talking about just how individual everybody is. Well, um, we, um, we um, touched on this earlier. So um, a lady called Marissa Peer, she has mm. you Tell Yourself a Better Lie. Yeah. And so with I me, with my mum, I learn. So, and I do this with a lot of things now. Yeah. I play around with a narrative. Mm. And half of what you actually tell yourself isn't true anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. For sure. And so, you know, so with my mum, I just told myself the narrative that actually she was troubled, she did the best job that she could, and mm. that from that, you know, that sits right. Yeah. And so it's about playing around with something until actually you don't yeah. hold a negative emotion. You're not going to get triggered by it. That energy you're talking about, you don't hold yeah. any energy around it. Yeah, and just going, uh, okay, do you know what, I'm at peace. Yeah, I and I think that's the important part whichever path someone takes is to get to that point 
where they're at peace with it. Yeah. And I think you can't look, and this is what I will say that, you know, whether or not it's a past relationship or something that Mm. that I just believe that everything in your life has happened for a reason. And so, Uh you know, quite often people ask you the question, you know, well, would you change anything? And it's like, no, because actually that would change who I am now. And I really like that person. Oh, I don't know. There's a few things I'd nip in the bud sooner. But Anyway, we're we're at time, believe it or not. (laughs) If people want to get in touch with you to discuss more, to hear about what you're doing for your own coaching business, where's the best place? And I'll Um, put a link, obviously. Yeah, so even my website, which is amandarashworth.com or on Instagram. Complicated one like mine. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, um, on Instagram, I'm Dubai Travel Mum. Perfect. I'm just writing that down so I will make sure I link to it as well. Um, thank you so much. That was absolutely amazing conversation. I really appreciate oh, no, it. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.